Hey guys, this is a bonus episode of the Time to Man Up podcast. Not really holiday oriented, but uh, just uh, I got thinking today on uh, when it comes to men's ministry, because most likely if you're involved in a men's ministry at your church, you've taken a break until the new year, until Christmas has passed and the new year's has passed and everybody's watched all their football games. And so you've taken a break, but what I want to do is I want to uh, just address the issue of men's ministry. Unfortunately, in the church, we often see women's ministries thriving and uh, uh, women are involved and they're active, whereas men's ministries, we have a real difficult time getting men involved. And we try a lot of different ways to bring men in. And as a pastor, I've tried a lot of different ways to to get men involved in men's ministry. And uh, in my last ministry, uh, myself and another guy, uh, it felt like we locked into some keys for uh, a thriving men's ministry. And people would ask Uh, how we did it to get so many men involved, such a high percentage of the men in our church involved. And we did fun things. I mean, we did putt-putt, we did laser tag, we did went to a race and and did some different things like that, had some golfing. Uh, But those things are just going to get people out. And it's like kind of like fireworks, right? Everybody comes to see the fireworks, but then they go back home and it's not really going to maintain itself. And with a men's ministry, we want to get to where we can maintain that, where men continue to be involved. And uh, the the greatest thing I always say is this. It is easy to get people to line up on the starting line, but can you get them to the finish line? And in our own lives with a lot of things, I mean, there are times when you're doing yard work and you go out and you're like, you begrudgingly go out and you, you start to do the weeding or whatever you're doing. And somewhere around that midpoint, you hit the wall and you're just like, I'm done with this. And you have to make a decision to keep going with it. Even though you don't like what you're doing to make it to the end, you have to be steadfast and stay the course with a purpose of completion of reaching the finish line. I love in 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I have finished the race. He says, I I, I started the race and things were kind of rough in the beginning. I was persecuting the church, right? But he says, I finished the race and and he made it to the end. And then he was ready to go home and and see Jesus uh, through death. And he was ready for that because he had finished the race. And uh, he also says he fought the good fight and and he kept the faith. And those are like three significant things that if we get to the end of our, of our lives and and we've been successful in those areas, man, that's awesome. I mean, can you imagine that if you had your, your tombstone where you were buried and it says, I've fought the good fight, I've kept the faith, and I've finished the race? Three really great things that you could do. And that's 2 Timothy 4.7. I've talked about the 24-7 principle because it's 2 Timothy number 2. Chapter four, verse seven. So 24, seven principle, check it out. Second Timothy four, seven. But when we look at men's ministry, uh, our men's ministry was thriving. And, and, and I feel like people just thought it was some magical thing that happened. 
but it was myself and this other individual. We were working hard. We were reaching out to men. Uh, when people weren't there, we were following up with them or we were getting other men to follow up. And that's the one thing. When you get other men partnering with you to do those things, it is magical. I mean, all of a sudden, it's just, I, I guess I would use the word contagious, right? More and more people start to do that. But in our curriculum at Time to Man Up, Man Up, Becoming the Man God Desires You to Be, uh, in the beginning of this, and I also have a video on our uh, website at, at www.time2, the number two, time2manup.com. I've got a video that, that talks about this, but in the front of the of the workbook, we just talk about how to get the most out of man up. And I would even expand it to say how to get the most out of a men's group or, or, or your men's ministry. And what I would say first is this men, we have to build a ministry that is founded on the truth, founded on the word of God, not founded on, we go do fun events because guys, those are great, but they really don't help men spiritually. I mean, I know we always use this excuse, and I'm sorry, this sounds harsh, but we're like, we're building relationships. What, we're building relationships because people get upset about each other in competition? I mean, we've done some men events where, and and I would say this, that uh, we used to do a, a manapalooza, and uh, it was just a creation that I came up with, and uh, man, that took massive work. But some of our worst people were even elders in the church. I mean, we had guy elder elders that were like problems. And I'm like, they would get over competitive. They would get nasty and they would complain. And I'm like, dude, you guys are elders. You're leaders in the church. That's not a good uh, way to uh, be seen there with the other men in the church. And it was downright embarrassing sometimes. And I would have to confront individuals to say, whoa, pull back on it. But guys, what happens is this, we can go out and do all the fun things, but I am shocked how many men's ministries will get together and you never hear anything from the word of God. Guys, I'm not saying you have to have a 30 minute sermon, but uh, in my last ministry, uh, in the early years of my 14 years there, uh, we had a youth pastor and I, I tell you what, he was amazing at being able to have the teens together for an event. They played ultimate Frisbee a lot and uh, they would be together and he would just sit them down for like five minutes and he would talk to them about the word of God and it wasn't long, but it got the point and he was phenomenal at what he did. I mean, he did a great job. And when I see men's ministry today, I see a lot of men just satisfied with getting together eating food, going and doing something fun, whatever it is. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to assume that I'm taking a shot at anyone, but there's nothing spiritual about it. And it's all about, well, we, uh, we uh, built relationships and I just don't know what kind of relationships were built. Now I'm not saying you can't do it, but if we're trying to get men to follow the word of God, shouldn't it be part of what we're doing? And so the first thing that I have here in looking at this is that if you are going to form a, a men's ministry that is going to do good things, that is going to build into men's lives, the foundation is the word of God. You've got to have the right foundation. If your foundation is fun, then what's going to happen is if somebody doesn't like laser tag or go-karting or putt-putt 
or whatever it is that you're doing, if they don't like it, they're just not going to show up. And so our desire is to make the word of God the foundation for what we're building our men's ministry on. If that is the foundation, it's not going to crumble, right? Because all those little fun events, those are foundations of sand. And when the storm comes, when the difficult times come, those foundations crumble. The next thing is this. We need to challenge our men to memorize the word of God. We would always have a theme verse that we would try to get men to memorize. And the Bible says that we should hide the word of God in our heart so that we wouldn't sin against God. I just memorizing verses to memorize verses. I don't do well at, I'm just not a big verse memorizer. I mean, I remember in college and maybe some of you are like me, I would cram. I mean, I was known for cramming the night before the test, no sleep cramming. I would memorize it all as best as I could. I would vomit it on the, the page of the exam. I would get it done and I didn't remember any of it because it was just crammed in there and then it all just fell out when I regurgitated it in the test. And it did me no good long-term. It would have been much better for me to slowly be learning the, the curriculum so that I could have that. Guys, when we memorize, not only does it unify us around a verse or verses, but it also gives us something that we take with us when we go out of that. And so when I think of 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14, that is the, the foundational verse for man up. When I think about that, I think about the five principles that we learn from that, the five shields that are in man up study. And I think about those and that helps me to remember all of the information around that study. So we have to have a foundation that is the word of God. We've got to apply that to our heart. We've got to memorize that. And we also, guys, want to get men to dig deep. Let's not be satisfied with skipping stones on the surface. I mean, that is the theme of Man Up, that we stop skipping stones and we begin throwing some boulders that go below the surface. We want to do that in our relationships, and we want to do that in our study of the Word of God. Let's not be satisfied with skipping stones across the water. Let's really get into it where we go deep below the surface. And here's the thing, men. The problem is that most of you are afraid to do that. You're afraid to do that because if you take a relationship deeper than the surface, what that means is that someone is going to ask you hard questions too. Uh, we don't, we don't want to ask other people hard questions because we don't want those questions coming back to us. And that is a challenge, uh, but it is good to be able to be called out to get put on the right track. And so we have to make the word of God, our foundation. We need to be memorizing it. And guys, I'm not saying you got to memorize a whole chapter, but let's get some core concepts from the word of God that we memorize. And then let's dig deep into it. Let's not be okay with just reading it and saying, Hey, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? No, let's see what the word is speaking to us. And then the next thing that we find is this, and I'm going to tell you this and and please listen to what I'm saying. Breakout groups are the heartbeat of a men's ministry. They are foundational to the success. Now listen, 
The word of God is at the foundation, okay? Nothing is greater or of more importance than the word of God. If you are not building your ministry on the word of God, you are building a worthless ministry that is just an entertainment for men, right? You're just doing fun stuff for men. And I would say this, and this is going to sound really bad, but shame on you if you're building a men's ministry around just doing fun things and you're not really digging in and investing in men's lives, that's what men need. That's what brings men back. When they know that they can come on any night and actually be called out for the sin in their life, and they still come back, that shows you that there's some value there. But that happens not in a large group of 50 to 200 men. That happens in smaller groups of men. Because what we know is this. There are a few men that will talk no matter what. They will take all the time. They will not let anyone else talk. They will just, they will consume the time. There's a few men that will do that, but predominantly most men in a large group setting are not going to talk. Men, if you want to have a successful men's ministry, you have to be able to break it down smaller. And so we would take men and we had the opportunity to meet in the old parsonage. I turned it into a men's uh, man cave. And, and so we would have a main room where we met and then we would break into three and sometimes four uh, rooms, bedrooms, old bedrooms that we had turned into meeting rooms with different themes. And we would meet in those rooms. Uh, you can do that in one room. You can still divide up into different groups and just spread out. But you need to break it down so then it feels smaller, intimate, and men are willing to be uh, open and, and they're willing to share. And what we have to do is this. We have to know that there has to be uh, trust, confidentiality if you want men to share, the worst thing that can happen to a men's breakout group is for someone to share intimate details of a struggle they are dealing with and have some bonehead in their group go tell their wife or their friends. I mean, guys, I'll tell you this. That's probably one thing where I would really walk the line of kicking somebody out of a men's group is if they were a gossip and couldn't keep their mouth to themselves and they were telling other people what people were sharing, man, they would be gone because you cannot have that because it breaks the trust of the entire group. There has to be confidentiality if you are expecting people to be transparent with their lives. And so guys, if you want a men's group that's thriving, I'm telling you, the heartbeat is the small group, the breakout group, the huddle, whatever you want to call it. That is the significant part of it. And then what we have to have is, and, 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 and we, we call it man application. And man application is kind of like, what are you going to take out of this? So for our breakout groups, we always have a set of, of questions. And I always go through and I give way more questions than you can get through in your time together. But what we want is we want our group leaders to be able to take the questions and use where they feel their group needs to go. And uh, so they can feel that out. And, and if somebody comes up with a need, you know what? Throw those questions in the trash can and just go with, I mean, I have seen guys, and I still remember this when I was up in Michigan. I had a growth group meeting at my home and uh, I, was, I was barreling through my curriculum and a, and, a, and a girl had a question and she said, I just don't have 
a testimony like I'm hearing. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Let's go on. Because I, I said, I'm not going to get my curriculum done today. And the Holy Spirit hit me on the side of the head with a brick. And he said, Sean, stop, stop. And I stopped and we just talked. And guys, by the end of the night, she had given her life to Christ. And I was like, Sean, I'm so glad you got out of the way. Cause I was, I was a barrier. My curriculum was a barrier and I had to be able to step back. And there have been time and time again where things like that have happened and we have seen God work in an amazing way. And then that man application, uh, when you have a men's group, give them something that they can take with them, whether that's memorize this verse, whether that's go home and talk to your wife or your girlfriend about what's going on in your life. Um, we always like to discuss topics with, if they have kids, go home and talk to your kids about this, because I'm a big believer that men need to be passing this down, not just to their sons, but to their daughters. Why? Because for our sons, we want them to know how they need to live their life. But for our daughters, we want them to know what is that man you are looking for? What do they look like? And we want to help them understand that. So that's important that we do that in our life. So that man application, those questions that we take, and we take it further in what we're doing. And then the final thing, guys, if you want to have a men's ministry that thrives, you got to keep on people and you've got to get them to the finish line. Now, this is a really poor example, um, but I'm going to use it anyway. Um, I love watching the three major horse races. I don't watch horse racing very much, but... I love watching those. And uh, a while back, we were able to go to uh, to Louisville for a, for a wedding. I was doing a wedding there, and we got to go to the the uh, racetrack uh, where they do the Kentucky Derby, and uh, we got to watch live races. It was amazing. The power of it was amazing. But, you know, I always notice when they're coming down the last stretch, they got that whip out, right? And whether they're hitting their leg, whether they're hitting the horse, whatever. I know some people are like, that's cruel. Other people are like, that's part of the game. And, and uh, But they are, they got that whip out and they're like, let's go. We, let's win this race. And when you're watching it in live, man, you just see that there is this energy, the horse and the power and the jockey and, and trying to whip and encourage them to get going and move and get faster. And I'm like, men, I'm not saying whip your men, but what I'm saying is this, you got to get them to the finish line. And sometimes that's calling them up. Sometimes that's email, texting them, whatever it is. Sometimes, man, it's showing up at their home and you've got to do what it takes to get them to finish that race. Men, we need churches with stronger men's ministry. We need churches that will ask hard questions. One thing that we do, I believe it's in the back of this uh, booklet. I'm going to look really bad if it's not, but fortunately it is. Uh, we have uh, 11 accountability questions that myself and, and the guy that was helping me with this, we went through uh, a, a list of, man, 30 questions. And we thought, what are some valuable questions that men need to be asking men? And it can be as simple as, have you spent adequate time in the word of God? And what has he taught you? Hey, what's God teaching you? Guys, that's a great question that we can ask men anytime 
that we see them, we can ask them, how have you given priority to your family in the way that you're using your time? You know, do you go to work and come home and do all your leisure stuff or play on your computer or your video game or whatever it is? Um, but there's also, have you experienced any temptations? Whatever that would be. Uh, so it even gets down to, is there sin in your life that you need to confess? Guys, um, doesn't mean that guys are always going to give you the, the real answer. doesn't mean they're not going to lie to you. But we need to be willing to ask those hard questions. That's what builds a strong men's ministry. And so I know it's Christmas time. I did my Christmas episode, but I really got it laid on my heart that some of you guys are going to go back to your men's ministry come January, and I'm not going to have time to get something out that can impact for you with that. And so I wanted to get this out and uh, so that you could see what do you need as a church to build a strong men's ministry or as a man uh, having a men's ministry in your home. I mean, my dad has a group of men they meet in his home and that's awesome. And those guys, when they, when they miss, when they're not together, they miss that. That's important guys. Every night that we got together at our church in my previous ministry on that Wednesday night to be together as men, I looked forward to that all the time. I mean, I would do whatever I had to do to change whatever I had to change to make sure that I was there because of the value that it was to me and to other men. Guys, we want to create a men's ministry. I mean, let's let's create a men's ministry that that competes with women's ministry for the amount of people active in it. But it takes work and it doesn't come easy. Guys, we hope that you have an amazing new year. And we celebrate this new year. And as this new year comes, take that opportunity to step back and to evaluate your men's ministry or what you are doing personally in investing in men's life and take that step to begin manning up and doing what God has called you to do. If you do that, I can't guarantee success, but you're going to be a lot more likely to succeed in your men's ministry. Guys, have a great day, and remember, it's time. It's time to man up.